Volume Three, Chapter Seven of Gwenwin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Gwenwin, A Romance of the Wye by Main Reed. Volume Three, Chapter Seven. A Late Tea. Mrs. Wingate is again growing impatient at her son's continued absence, now prolonged beyond all reasonable time. The Dutch dial on the kitchen wall shows it to be after ten, therefore two hours since the skiff passed upwards. Jack has often made the return trip to Ruggs in less than one, while the shopping should not occupy him more than ten minutes, or, making every allowance, not twenty. How is the odd time being spent by him? Her impatience becomes uneasiness as she looks out of doors and observes the dew of the sky, for the moon having gone down, it is now very dark, which always means danger on the river. The Wye is not a smooth swan pond, and, flooded or not, annually claims its victims, strong men as women, and her son is upon it, where she asks herself becoming more and more anxious he may have taken his fare on up to the town in which case it will be still later before he can get back while thus conjecturing a tinge of sadness steals over the widow's thoughts with something of that weird feeling she experienced when once before waiting for him in the same way on the occasion of his pretended errand after whipcord and pitch poor lad she says recalling the little bit of deception she pardoned and which now more than ever seems pardonable he ain't no need now deceiving his old mother that way i only wish he had how black that sky do look she adds rising from her seat and going to the door and threatening storm if i beant mistook lucky jack has intimate acquaintance with the river between here and rugs if he ain't good farther what a blessing the boy don't give way to drink and's otherways careful well i suppose there ain't need for me feeling uneasy for all i don't like his being so late mercy me nigh on the stroke of eleven ah what's that him i hope she steps hastily out and behind the house which fronting the road has its back towards the river on turning the corner she hears a dull thump as of a boat brought up against the bank then a sharper concussion of timber striking timber the sound of oars being unshipped it comes from the mary at her mooring place as in a few seconds after mrs wingate is made aware by seeing her son approach with his arms full in one of them a large brown paper parcel while under the other are his oars she knows it is his custom to bring the latter up to the shed a necessary precaution due to the road running so near and the danger of larking fellows taking a fancy to carry off this skiff met by his mother outside he delivers the grocery goods and together they go in when he is questioned as to the cause of delay whatever i keep ye jack ye've been a wonderful long time going up to the ferry and back 
the ferry i went far beyond up to the footpath of squire powell's meadows there i set captain out oh that be it his answer being satisfactory he is not further interrogated for she has become busied with an earthenware teapot into which have been dropped three spoonfuls of horniments just brought home one for her son another for herself and the odd one for the pot the orthodox quantity it's a late hour for tea but the regular evening meal was postponed by the coming of the captain and mrs wingate would not consider supper as it should be wanting the beverage which cheers without intoxicating the pot set upon the hearthstone over some red-hot cinders its contents are soon mashed and as nearly everything else had been got ready against jack's arrival it but needs for him to take seat by the table on which one of the new composite candles just lighted stands in its stick occupied with the pouring out of the tea and creaming it the good dame does not notice anything odd in the expression of her son's countenance for she has not yet looked at it in a good light nor till she is handing the cup across to him then the fresh lit candle gleaming full in his face she sees what gives her a start not the sad melancholy cast to which she has of late been accustomed that has seemingly gone off replaced by sullen anger as though he were brooding over some wrong done or insult recently received whatever be the matter wi' ye jack she asked the teacup still held in trembling hand there have something happened oh nothing much mother nothing much then why be you looking so black what makes you think i'm looking that way how can i help thinking it why lad your brow be clouded same's the sky outside come now tell the truth bean't there something amiss well mother since you ax me that way i will tell the truth something be amiss or i ought better say missin missin beat anybody has stole the things out of the boat the bailing pan or that bit of cushion in the stern no it ain't no trifle o that kind or anything steeled either stead a thing as a been destroyed what thing the flower the plant flower plant yes the love lies bleedin i set on mary's grave the night after she wor laid in it you remember my telling you mother yes yes i do well it ain't there now ye have been into the chapel burying ground then i have but what made ye go there jack well mother passing the place i took a notion to go in a sort of sudden inclination i couldn't resist i thought that kneeling beside her grave and saying a prayer might do something to lift the weight off o oh my art he would a done that no doubt but for finding the flower weren't there fact it had a good deal relieved me till i discovered it were gone but how gone are the thing been cut off or pulled up clear plucked out by the roots not a vestige o it left maybe it were the sheep or goats they often get into a graveyard and if i bean't mistook i've seen some in that off the ferry chapel 
they may have ate it up the idea is new to him and being plausible he reflects on it for a time misled not long however only till remembering what tells him it is fallacious this his having set the plants so firmly that no animal could have uprooted it a sheep or goat might have eaten off the top but nothing more no mother he at length rejoins it ain't been done by either but by a human hand i ought better to say the claw of a human tiger no not tiger more o a stinking cat he suspects somebody then suspect i'm sure as one can be without seeing that bit of desecration has been the work o dick dempsey but i mean planting another in its place and watching it too if he pluck it up and i know it they'll need dig another grave in the rogue's very burying ground that for receiving as big a rogue as ever were buried there or anywhere else the damned scoundrel dear jack don't let your passion get the better o ye to speak so sinfully richard dempsey be a bad man no doubt but the lord will deal with him in his own way and sure punish him so leave him to the lord after all what do it matter only a bit of weed weed mother you mistake that weed as ye call it were like a silken string binding my heart to mary's setting it in the sodo or grave gied me a comfort i can't describe to ye and now to find it tore up brings the bitter all back again in the spring i hope to see it in bloom to remind me o her love as i been blighted and like it lies bleeding but well it seems as i can't do nothing for her now she's dead as i warn't able while she were living he covers his face with his hands to hide the tears now coursing down his cheeks oh my son don't take on so think that she be happy now in heaven sure she is from all i heard of her yes mother he earnestly affirms she is if ever a woman went to the good place she ha good there well that ought to comfort ye it do some but to think of having lost her for good never again to look at her sweet face oh that be dreadful sure it be but think also that ye ain't the only one as had to suffer nobody escape affliction o that sort some time or the other it's the lot o all rich folks as well as we poor ones look at the captain there he be suffering like yourself poor man i pity him too so do i mother and i ought so well understanding how he feel though he be too proud to let people see it i seed it the day several times noticed tears in his eyes when we were talking about things that reminded him o miss wynn when a soldier a grand fighting soldier as he have been gives way to weeping the sorrow must be strong and deep no doubt he be most heart-broke same's myself but that ain't right jack it isn't intended we should always give way to grief no matter 
how dear they may have been as are lost to us besides it be sinful well mother i'll try to think more cheerful submitting to the will o heaven ah there's a good lad that's the way and be assured heaven won't forsake but comfort ye yet now let's not say any more about it you aren't eating your supper i aren't no great appetite after all never mind ye must eat and the teal cheer ye hand me your cup and let me fill it again he passes the empty cup across the table mechanically it be very good tea she says telling a little untruth for the sake of abstracting his thoughts but i've something else for you that's better before you go to bed ye take too much care o me mother nonsense jack ye've had a hard day's work o't but ye ain't told me what the captain took ye out for nor where ye went down the river how far only as far as Langoran court but there be new people there now ye said yes the murdochs bad lot both man and wife though he wore the cousin o the good young lady as be gone sure then the captain ain't been to visit them no not likely he ain't the kind to consort with such as they for all o their being big folks now but there were other ladies living at Langoran. what a become o they they are gone to another house somewhere down the river a smaller one it said the old lady as wore miss wynne's aunt a money o her own and the other be living long with her for the rest there's been a clean out all the servants sent about their business the only one keeping a french girl who wore lady's maid to the old mistress that's the aunt she's now the same to the new one who be french like herself where ain't ye heard all this jack from joseph priest i met him up at the ferry as i were coming away from the shop he's out too then asked mrs wingate who has of late come to know him yes same as the others where be the poor man abiding now well that's odd too where do you suppose mother how should i know my son where in the old house where coracle dick used to live what be there so odd in that why because dick's now in his house a got his place at the court and is going to be something far grander than ever he wore head-keeper a poacher turned gamekeeper that be setting thief to catch thief something beside thiefy a deal worse than that but pursues mrs wingate without reference to the reflection on coracle's character ye ain't yet told me what the captain took down the river i ain't at liberty to tell any one ye understand me mother yes yes i do the captain a made me promise to say nothing o his doing and to tell the truth i don't know much about them myself but what i do know i'm honour bound to keep dark concerning it even with you mother she appreciates his nice sense of honour and with her own of delicacy does not urge him to any further explanation in time he adds 
i'm like enough to know all what he's after maybe the morrow ye're to see him the morrow then yes he wants the boat what hour he didn't say when only that he might be needing me all the day so i may look out for him early first thing in the morning that case ye must get to your bed at once and a good sleep so's to start out fresh first take this it be something i promised ye better than tea the something is a mug of mulled elderberry wine which whether or not better than tea is certainly superior to port prepared in the same way quaffing it down and betaking himself to bed under its somniferous influence the Y waterman is soon in the land of dreams not happy ones alas but visions of a river flood swollen with a boat upon its seething frothy surface borne rapidly on towards a dangerous eddy then into it at length capsized to a sad symphony the shrieks of a drowning woman End of chapter 7 Read by Lars Rolander